Lynch, it's time for something different. Time to look at ice hockey. Well, I'll move away from the rugby league now because I'm getting furious agreement from somebody, and this is great because I've logged onto social media and I'm just seeing everybody wailing on Greg Inglis, but it's great to hear or see someone just nodding in furious agreement. And we did say before the show that we've got ice hockey, and yes, you heard it. And, well, when we talk big efforts on the bench. I reckon this has got to be one of the best because in consultation with our great sponsors, the Sydney Bears, and one of the committee members, Nicole Vasquez, who has really pulled out all stops, we have got the very first interview for an import who hopped off the plane this morning. He hasn't been here 24 hours and we've got him in the studio and a big welcome to Sydney Bears import, Justin Viano and coach Ron Kaprowski. Welcome, gents. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, Justin... As I say, you've only just hopped off the plane, let's say, five minutes ago. Obviously, it's not quite five minutes ago because it doesn't take that long to get through customs. It takes closer to five hours. But you're just off the plane. Where have you been playing your last bit of hockey and uh, what what brought you to Australia first up? Uh, well, for the past eight years, I've been playing in France in multiple areas in the Alps. Uh, we can't tell because you don't have any sort of French accent going on. No, really? Well, that's good. I guess. <laughs> uh, no, the last five five years uh, I've been playing in a place called uh, La Rochion. It's uh, uh, western uh, north northwestern of France. Uh, I've been playing there five years, and uh, my reason for coming to Australia is mostly from uh, ex ex uh, ex teammates coming over and having a good experience, and uh, me being 33 years old uh, towards my end of my career is always something I wanted to do never had the opportunity and this was the perfect timing to come over and uh, experience the the uh, IHL so you're obviously on the much older end of the import scale because a lot of the imports coming in they're early to mid 20s and they're just on that cusp and okay maybe they're not quite making the NHL and they're looking for something a bit different but you've played in Europe you've got a good career out of it and now you've decided to take the move down under and experience something different what do you think will you'll be able to add because you've had such a long career in Europe well, one of my goals is obviously with all my experiences uh, be while well, eventually becoming a coach. Mm-hmm. So I think coming over certainly with the young Australian guys. Trying Ron to, just started sweating a bit. He's got some competition. This <laughs> no, isn't good for no, him. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. No, but uh, yeah, just mostly showing well, pass down the, the experience that I can to the, the young Australian guys and just mostly try to help as best as I can and uh like I said, towards the end of my career, the most the most uh, positive thing I can do is probably show my experience and show them the ropes and pass on my experience. Now, you've got a bit of a, a mixed background when it comes to Canada. It is the classic Eastern Canadian background. There's a bit of French, a bit of English, and you were born in Oshawa in the great province of Ontario, home to, I have no doubt, the greatest NHL team to have ever graced God's green oh, earth. The, the belo- <laughs> that's where we'll, that's where we'll be ending our interview. Exactly, exactly. Andrew Bourne put you up to this. Toronto I am going to get into Andrew Bourne and just give it to him. Go to the Bruins in that playoff series, by the way. Who, who, who let him in here, honestly? I, I don't know. Well, Is Ottawa in the playoffs? I've got yeah, enough yeah. problems. Okay, I've got yeah. enough only, problems yeah, without I, worrying about a playoff. Yeah, forget, forget him. We only just missed out ourselves. So yeah, you got a Montreal fan over here, oh, a beloved, God. and I've at least gone to the effort to put my jersey on. You can't call you. We ran last, and I still. I got had my, my jersey. jersey I had my jersey on earlier today, except there was only one small problem that I had. I was holding. Did Lorenzo my- have a chuck? 
Half correct. Hey. It did involve Lorenzo. Oh, no. He didn't do other stuff, did he? Unfortunately. Oh, well, that just tells you all you need to know about a Montreal jersey. That's quite exactly. appropriate in that, in that line. But I'm sorry. Hang on. What happened to you this year? I don't, I don't uh-huh. know. I'm still trying to think. I'm still trying to figure out how we're going to, where exactly we're going to pick because we ended up with Columbus's first round pick. But anyhow, we'll get to the NHL in just a moment. But you were born in Oshawa. You spent a great deal of your childhood in Quebec. Was there much travel between those areas? And uh, because you also spent some time in New Brunswick, which is actually, most people don't know this, one of the, I think it's the only probably. officially bilingual province. They either lean French or English, but New Brunswick is just straight 50-50 down the line. Yeah, exactly. Well, I grew up most, uh, well, till the age of four till 15, I was in New Brunswick playing local hockey, AAA hockey, and then uh, the Quebec Major Junior League approached me when I was 15, so ever since 16 years old, I've spent five years in Quebec, which is a lot different, mostly French. They don't speak a lot of English, so... Yeah, so mostly French. Then I went back home for a couple of years. I got injured uh, before my last training camp in the NHL, sort of gave up on hockey, stopped playing for a couple of years, and uh, got a phone call from a coach in Europe and uh, France, uh, wanted me to come down and try it out, and I went down and loved it, and ever since then I've been, in, well, been in France for the past 10 years. How did you find the transition from the American game to the European game? Because Canada, the United States, it's not really that different because they're they're intertwined so much. Canadians going south for school and Americans going north to test themselves against sometimes higher strength opposition in certain age groups. But Europe to North America, what was that shift like? Because a lot of players speak about a very different style of game. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. Uh, While the the ice is bigger, uh, Canadian and American games a lot more physical. There's fighting in Europe. Fighting's front upon. If you if you fight, you're suspended automatically. Soft. Yeah, soft. <laughs> it does happen time well, time to time, but uh, a lot of more cheap shots. It's a more uh, more skilled game, more f- faster because you get a big ice. You pick up speed a lot more, a lot more room, a lot more skilled. While uh, in America and Canada, it's more tight space. You got to grind out for every inch you want to earn. So that's pretty much the big difference. Do you think that contributes to the fact that sometimes when you go to an AHL game, which is the American Hockey League, basically reserve grade for those um, rugby league fans and AFL fans who are trying to get an understanding of the competitions, the fact that fighting is banned in Europe means that a lot more skill guys go to Europe, which leaves all those fighters and grinders back in the A to really beat up on the young kids coming through and toughen them up for the NHL? It's possible, yeah, because, well... If you want to make it to the NHL, you have to have the complete game. So what makes the difference is sometimes dropping the gloves. Really, if you have a same player that's the same skill-wise, the same talent-wise, if you're willing to drop the gloves instead of the other player, well, you got your spot. So, I mean, that's like I was saying before, the American game and the Canadian game is a lot more physical, a lot more you stand up for yourself. As long And uh, in Europe, it's more... I wouldn't say like you. You see, you said it's a lot more softer. It's uh, more skilled. A lot more room to play out there. So it's a lot more. I'd say skilled out out in Europe. And 
now's probably not a bad time to bring you in on this, Ron, is in, in terms of what you're trying to uh, impart with the Bears at the moment in terms of the way they play, is that skill versus toughness balance something you're trying to level out on an even keel or, is, or are you trying to lean one way more than another because obviously that's a very strong Australian accent you've got so we know that you're a local but uh, what what do you like to try and lean towards a more skilled game or a, a more physical game? Well, you want a mix of both. You don't, you know, you don't want guys that you know are scared to go out there and hit, and you know, prima donnas out there. But then again, you don't want a guy that's just going to go out there and just start gooning people up. So you need a mix of it, and especially now with the new IHF rules and on hitting and stuff, it makes it a little bit tougher. So you you kind of lean a little bit more to the skill with the bigger ice, and you know that's the kind of stuff you want to see. Yeah. Is that something that you you really think that the players can adapt to, and maybe lean a bit more towards recruiting one way or the other, European or American? Given that the Ameri- North Americans usually play on the smaller ice as opposed to the Europeans who have the na- international ice like we do here. Well, you see in the Olympics, you know, you, you, you're seeing teams like Germany and Switzerland and teams like that that, you know, everyone kind of thought, you know, it w- wouldn't even be competitive to go out there and, you know, inches away from getting gold. So, I mean, the skill levels of the game has changed. One of the questions I do want to ask about it is uh, is about, say, if you've got a player that comes in who is very skillful but really lacks that, say, that physical presence, um, how do you go about really training it up? Is it just down to the extra training, say, in the gym to build up the muscle size or is there a certain technique that needs to be taught with the physicality to try and bring them up to speed? It's all about rules, right? If you, if you see a player, you know, a guy's only, you know, five foot ten or something, you know, a light light player, but, you know, he's going to go out there and get 50 goals, we're not going to tell him to go in the corner and start smashing people and stuff like that. So it's the role and it's the person, the player that, that, that comes here, you have to look and see what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, and stay mm. away from the weaknesses and, and emphasize the strengths. I think the it's one one of the things I've sort of been really curious about is has been sort of the the, the coaching behind it because you do have to the, you do have to mix it up between the, the two players and as you say you often have say one or, you may have one or two enforcers in your in your lineup and you might have you know one or two guys that they may shepherd you say shepherd in particular like say protecting uh, you got a flyer out wide you might have a you might have someone in, maybe inside them playing as a, as a shepherd to protect them in case someone tries to bring in a big hit on them well it was it was in the in the mid 90s I think it was was it Steve Eisman had Bob Probert or am I getting my ear is slightly out of no, out Gretzky, of whack Gretzky had some ankle I mean it goes yep. all the way back it probably goes back to 1910 well Crosby had Ryan Reeves until he got traded to Vegas and now now, who would that be? Pacioretty or Stone? Or would probably I think have it's, Ryan I think Reeves. Yeah. Would probably have Ryan Reeves, and you've always got those protectors there. But without that fighting, is that really so necessary? Or do you think it's more necessary because when you can't fight, you get players, and in the NHL, it's a perfect example, like a Brad Marchand, who basically just gets free reign to do whatever he wants to the extent that he will actually lick players. I'm not kidding. He has actually licked players. Look it up on YouTube. This is not a metaphor. It's a bit salty. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, <laughs> you out. <laughs> Get out. But it, is it more necessary now for that sort of physical player, not necessarily the fighter, but for the bodyguard to be there to really lay some checks on, given that the niggle is there and players are learning that they can get away with more because there's no fighting and there's no repercussion? Well, no. I mean, you, you don't want to burn an import to have some guy that's going to go get in a mm. fight and get 
thrown out for two games. I mean, it's a little different here than it is anywhere else. Like, you know, in the NHL and, you know, AHL and all the, you know, WHL and that, it's a five-minute fighting penalty. You know, here it's, you know, who knows how long it could be. You might not be playing for the next three weeks. So it's, you have to really take a look and see, you know, am I going to bring an import in here that's going to not mm. play, it's just going to sit on the bench, or, you know, do I train a local player to take on that role so like, like I say it's all about roles unless you're unless you're fetching a call from the Carolina Hurricanes in which case you get into a fight with a star goal scorer and then you get laid out for three weeks anyway that was a great hit from Ovechkin but getting back to the Australian League opening weekend this weekend and you are in quotation marks on the road to start the season tomorrow it's, it's a long road trip I think it's what all of 15 metres to the other change rooms about that, yeah. about that. Yeah. you're facing the Ice Dogs who we, we know have been let's say let's just call it what it is it's freeloading off the Bears efforts to get back to Macquarie and now they're at Macquarie too so any any special effort that's going to be lined up for the local players? Obviously, the imports won't have as much of an understanding about it, but we all know one of the Bears' greats, Adrian Esposito, he loves the Ice Dogs. He, he has all the time in the world for them. Any special treatment lined up for tomorrow as the season opener? I mean, it's 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 as far as we're concerned, it's another game. I mean, it's a long season. Oh, come it, on, give us more than that. Come on, fire it up. <laughs> the local derbies, I mean, it's, you know, all teams have that. You always have your, um, you know, your interconference rivals and whatnot, but at the end of the game, it's the same thing. You know, we go in with a game plan that, you know, we're going to be try to execute as best as we can. And, you know, it really doesn't matter who the opposition is other than the fact that we kind of shape that game plan based on the other team. But, you know, there's nothing nothing in it that we're saying, you know, let's just go out there and start fighting and stuff or anything like that. Now, Justin, have you had a chance to have a look at the Macquarie rink yet? Or have you seen any photos of it or anything that... No, not at all. So no. what... What are you thinking might be in store for you uh, across this weekend, given that it starts? It's not a bad back-to-back opener. You've got technically an away game against the local rivals and then a grand final rematch. Yeah. So, obviously, there's a lot riding on the opening weekend. Yeah. Well, uh, just what I've heard from Ron is there's no there's no glass. So mm-hmm. That's true. Checking could be a little dangerous. But uh, <laughs> other than that, no, I haven't seen the rink Uh can't wait and uh, yeah obviously this weekend's pretty huge we can get him suited up while he's down there as well while, while we're at it well i'm i'm more interested in have have you played at a rink that hasn't had glass before yes i have it actually in paris in france there's a couple bad 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 rinks without without the <laughs> windows that's encouraging yeah <laughs> no the paris teams usually have pretty bad rinks so i'm, I'm used to it okay what we're going to be getting a bit more into this in the Splinters podcast on Tuesday as we preview the season. It's a week late because the wise man wanted to do his WrestleMania podcast. And I, okay, give the baby his bottle and let him have what he wants. But what what are you looking to do in terms of the role you're looking to play? Are you looking to step up into that leadership role from the get-go or are you looking to take maybe two games or so just to settle in and get a feel for everything and let the locals show the way to begin with? Yeah, well... Uh I was I was always a leader on the team, but I was never a guy that stood up in the room and talked. I just mostly showed by example, practice, and showing like I was uh, I was able to sacrifice for the team. I'm a guy that block shots, uh, will defend guys, will always always a team player. But I never never big talker in the room, but always showed the right way and showed a good example. So, like I said, I'll like the guys that are you that are there for years. I'll let them talk and just slowly grow into my role of uh, showing a good example, helping out the young kids, and yeah. 
What's been the prep like this week, Ron, given that it's basically the ideal way to start the season if you want the players fired up, the local derby going into the grand final rematch? Oh, no, we're, you know, we're ready for it. We've been practicing for the last about two months already, um, picking up new players as they're coming along, getting out of their seasons overseas, you know, players finishing school and that. So, you know, each week we're getting a little bit stronger and stronger and stronger, and it'll continue getting stronger as the season goes on. So, no, we're prepared. Are you going to be starting at full strength? There, there are one or two guys that are going to be missing. I know Jeremy Vasquez is currently away, uh, but are you pretty much at full strength or have you got a lot more guys to come in as reinforcements? We've got a fair few guys that are away, but that doesn't diminish us from our purpose. So, you know, it's not going to make that big of a difference. The, you know, the guys that are going to be the ones that have to step up will be stepping up. Mm-hmm. Who do you see as the the natural leaders on the team this season. Obviously, you got your standard leadership team with Kimlin and Funis and Schlamp and Esposito as the veterans, but who else do you see stepping up this season who might not have been considered a leader in previous seasons? Oh, well, we're we're pretty we're pretty stable with what we got. You know, we're not, you know, we're not looking for somebody to, you know, be our our, our savior or anything like that. We we've, we've we've had a system going for some time here, so we're not we're not looking to change much. You know, we have the likes of Ryan Annesley and that that's, you know, helping out, you know, tremendously on this team and, you know, he's one of the leaders and he'll continue to be, do so, yeah. Now, speaking of teams that haven't changed their systems or probably do need to change their systems, we can't go through an, a hockey segment without talking about the NHL playoffs. It's the most beautiful time of year, except when it's still too warm outside, but we'll, we'll get to that later on. But Now, Justin, you're a former NHL draft pick, seventh round overall in the Ovechkin year, uh, as I understand it, but you went to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they have pulled off, well... In, in rugby league parlance, what would you say, Caruso? Would it be the Gold Coast Titans knocking off the Melbourne Storm 30 nil? I said close to it, yeah. That, yeah. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they won the President's Trophy, which is the minor premiership, by 20 points, 10 games. And in an 80-game season, that would be the equivalent of winning the minor premiership by six points in the NRL. What was it like watching that series? Did you see much of the series? And do, do you still harbour a bit of a, a soft spot for the Jackets? Obviously, they drafted you and gave you your shot, but is, is, it, is there a real genuine interest there or is it more passing? No, it's uh, for sure I have an interest. Uh, people don't know this, but their crowd was amazing. Just like uh, inter-squad games, my first uh, training camp playing with a mix of rookies and NHL players, there was 14,000 people there just for inter-squad games. So there's always a big following there, and they never got through a first round of playoffs in their whole history. So to see them go through and to see if you watch the game and see mm. the fans, how they were acting, it was something else. So I don't think there was a louder building in the playoffs this year than Columbus that last game. So I remember a few years ago when Winnipeg first made the playoffs <laughs> after they went back to Winnipeg, and you couldn't actually hear the goal horn go off yeah. for their first goal. It was that loud in there. It was almost getting to that stage with Columbus yeah. as well. Yeah, sure. And you're right, they came in in 2000, and they have not won a playoff round until this season. So it's been a long wait for them. And to do it in that style and they just looked so dominant and physical yeah. and it must have been just awe-inspiring to watch. Oh, yeah. Well, to touch upon where we were talking about European and North American play, I think that would that was a perfect example. You, like, a lot of stars from Tampa Bay are more European, more, and they've had success during the uh, regular season, but the playoffs is a whole different story. Mm. Players are playing for contracts. Players are playing for their future, so... 
lot of sacrifice is needed and a lot of more grit is needed and you saw Columbus came out ahead way ahead Is that something Ron that you think can be reflected in the Australian game where most players they, they just come back for another year and it's always a 12 month deal and just one season And is that something that some of the younger guys can really aim at or even some of the older guys as well who they don't know where they're going to be next season and unless they're a member of that core there's always that, that effort there because you're never going to get guys sign up for more than one season at a time Oh yeah, I mean the young kids always are looking to step up. Everyone's looking for a position. I mean that's that's the way hockey is. You know, you only got 15 players that are going to be playing, and you know you don't want to be number 18 or 19. You want to be in the top one. So you you play your hardest, and you know you you generally try to start that from the beginning of the year. But like like uh, Justin was saying, the playoffs start. It's it's a it's a whole new ball game. It's like state of origin. Oh, I love that. A, a rugby league a rugby league comparison from an Albertan. Oh, that is just absolutely outstanding. We're, we're really going places here on the bench. We're, we're spreading games globally. We're introducing rugby league people to hockey, hockey people to rugby league. This is, this is what we're built for. This is, this is brilliant. This, this absolutely is, brilliant. This is just fantastic. On the topic of the Western Conference, is it filling you with any sort of glee to see that Calgary won the Western Conference and now they're down, down 3-1 against Colorado? Well, being from Edmonton, it's always been ABC, <laughs> anyone but Calgary. But I guess Colorado starts with a C, too, so it doesn't matter. we got, we got to introduce you to David Gazard, one of our analysts on, on Splinters. He's a diehard Calgarian, and he said nothing filled him with more glee than seeing Connor McDavid get run into the net in that last game. And a- Any messages for the Calgary fans if they're going to get beaten 4-1? Bring that attitude up to Edmonton, and you'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We've got trash talking, too. This is even better. Now... Pittsburgh got swept. Tampa's been swept. Calgary's down 3-1. Is there, do you think, anything to the notion that all you've really got to do in the NHL is just plot along, make sure you actually just make the playoffs even if you fall in, and then all of a sudden you just go home for three days and then you flip the switch and say, this is a brand new season, boys? That's a different type of switch, though. I mean, you've got to be next level to be able to have that switch in the first place. And, you know, there's been teams in the past, like Philly back in the day, where they used to rest their vets before the playoffs and then come out and get swept. So, I mean, these guys have to have it on all the time, and they have to be able to have that fifth gear when they need it. And if they don't, well, you'll see what happens. You know, you're not there for very long. How does that compare with the Australian competition? Because all the playoffs are on... Within 48 hours, within 48 hours, it starts and it's over. And is that something that that week leading up, is that something that you try and really bulk up the intensity on? Or is it more just a case of, okay, let's just treat it as another week until we get to the rink and then game faces? Uh, no, with with that weekend format, you know, one weekend, I mean, your playoffs basically start about a month before the playoffs, right? You're, you're already playing for a spot. It's like you're playing best of seven already, just no one even really realizes it. You've you got to make the playoffs, so you've got to step it up. Is that something, Justin, that you're looking at in the Australian context that um, the one-off game to make the final and then the one-off final game, is that something foreign to you or is that how they do it in Europe as well? Uh, it's a little foreign. We have best uh, best out of five usually. Uh, so really the last weekend comes out to a little mistake. So I guess building up to that is trying to uh, create a team that's uh, solid, knows the game plan, and uh, try to avoid all those little mistakes because uh, just that one mistake can cost you the championship or the final. So it's really to embed that uh, that mentality, make sure everybody's working towards the same goal and everybody's working towards the same systems and 
Yeah. Now, it's really interesting, Anthony, that Justin mentions that one little mistake can cost, and no pressure here because he's just hopped off the plane, but I reckon we can get some pretty good answers out of him, given there might be a little bit of a fatigue factor. So what do you, what do you say we jump back into some of the old drop-and-give-us-20 and see whether we can get some really good stuff out of him? This could get spicy. Oh, I want it to be spicy. Oh, this is going to be gold. Are we talking more chilli standard spicy? More chilli. More chili. Well, the, chi- the chili machine. More yeah. chili. More chili. <laughs> More chili. Right. Here we go. Justin, you ready to go? Ready to go. Okay. Justin, it's time for you to drop and give us 20. Your original home club. Uh, Ka- well, Capilé Stars. That's, that's, yeah, nobody knows that. And who was the, <laughs> who was the, who was the big, your, the hometown hero? Your big name player that came from your, from your hometown? Uh, Patrick Cormier, probably. He played team, he was Team Canada captain and, uh, played with the Winnipeg Jets a bit in AHL with the Moose, uh, the Manitoba Moose. Yeah. That's a, that's a decent, um, that's a decent pick that's up. That's not bad. No, not at all. Not, not quite to the Cole Harbour standard in Nova Scotia, but yeah. no, that, that's not a bad yeah, starting not point. Not bad, yeah. yeah. Um, your first competition goal. First competition goal. So once you turned, once like, you uh, got picked up, say major after junior? major junior, or even Took say me. after you picked up, after you got picked up for the from the draft from Columbus and beyond. Oh well, well already major junior. I was a late scorer. It took me through my first two seasons didn't score a goal, only assist, and uh, took me ninety some games to score my first goal in the queue. Anything spe- anything special about the goal? Not at all. Shot no. <laughs> wrist shot from the blue line. Goalie didn't see it. And I was some excited though. Not not quite <laughs> in football. Not quite the what we call top bins, but you'll no. you'll take it anyway. So, oh, yeah. um, your most memorable on field mo- on ice moment, I should say. A nice moment, probably, yeah, my inner squad game with uh, Columbus being in the same team as uh, players like Rick Nash, Adam Foote. So that was, that was, that was amazing. Most embarrassing on the ice moment? Uh, probably exhibition game against um, Nashville getting hit by Jordan Tutu. <laughs> Oh, I don't know whether that's embarrassing. Me. It's going to be painful. But yeah. yeah, but uh, he's half my size, but destroyed me. <laughs> now, I, I think number six, I think we already got a sense of it. I mean, who did you grow up supporting, not just in ice hockey, but say others, in any other sports? Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. without a doubt. <laughs> just, let, let's end this now. Yeah. This is just a disgrace. Well, claim to fame off field, off ice. You claim to fame off ice. Claim to fame off ice. Uh, how explain? <laughs> no. Oh, hang on! Yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're getting uh, there. Now, now Told you it was going to get spicy. Challenge, challenge is on now. No claim to fame off ice. Probably no having uh, having my son, my son born. There you go. Is he out here? Is he out here with you? This, no, he's, uh-huh. he's back in France. Ah, fair enough. Will he be coming out during the season though? No, he will not. I oh. hopefully maybe if we make the finals. Hopefully. Hey. Well, we've got a reason for the Bears to make it now, don't we? Yeah. As if we needed another one. <laughs> you can never have too many reasons, all right? What, so. revenge isn't enough? Not that there's anything bitter or <laughs> no. twisted or anything. Three sports stars to have dinner with and why? Well, Michael Jordan. Yep. Obviously, because he's the best, no matter what. Even if there's no LeBron fans here. No? No. Is it? You're a LeBron oh, fan? It's basketball. They, they, remember, yeah. basketball versus hockey, nah. these guys get carried nah, off. I'm with, you, I'm, with you. I'm with you. I'm with you on Jordan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, probably Mario Lemieux. Same reason. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think Gretzky was the best, but for myself, I think it was Lemieux. Yep. That guy had to grind it out. Uh, last guy. Last guy. Uh, that's a hard, uh, probably Brett Favre, just because he went so long in American football that 
He had a long, 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 long career. Which sport do you think the world could do without and why? <laughs> Oi, you in the background, settle down. I don't know cricket, but I'm going to say cricket. Yeah! Oh, yes! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, I love it. I we got Nicole. We got Nicole at the moment. She's she's dancing a merry jig in the background there. You, she probably put you up for that. How much? How much did you pay him for that? So, <laughs> um, the biggest issue facing sports, maybe sports in general, or maybe ice hockey. What's the the biggest issue facing them today? Facing them today is probably headshots. I'd say headshots, concussions. A lot of talk about that. And when I was playing, was never really a big issue. But now you start seeing guys coming out like Carcillo. I know Carcillo very well. Played with one of his friends, Major Junior. So he's a big, pretty big advocate on that. So, yeah, I think the big issue is the NHL taking care of their players once they're done or the, the concussion protocol. I was just hopping on that. Do you think there's room then to remove fighting from the game? Or is fighting here to stay because it is such an intrinsic part of hockey? No, fighting, fighting, fighting actually stops most of head trauma. Most, if you look at most of head trauma, is dirty, dirty plays, dirty hits, and if you take away fighting, well, those dirty players won't have any consequences to follow. So, you and I are going to get along so yeah, well this well, season. So there you go. <laughs> is, there, is there something about the technology also these days? Because I think even I remember the old, say, some of the old days when they used to be, you know, no protection of the head itself, or maybe the odd player with a, a leather. Um, a leather uh, helmet on, which is about as, you know, useful as putting as giving CPR for a bullet wound to the head. Um, the, the technology around the helmets now is getting better and uh, obviously getting better now. But do you think there's scope for it to go even further than what they've currently got? Uh, I'm thinking so. Yeah, probably. But the problem is, uh, athletes and the athletes are getting better too. If they're more, they're stronger, they're faster, more physical. Uh, I mean, everything's supposed to get lighter but more protective, but it's a, I think it's a balancing game, really. Because back in the day, there were helmets, but they couldn't skate as fast. There wasn't as much as, like... Yeah. Is that something that is contributing to the head trauma now because they are so, yeah. so much faster and so much stronger that any contact is really going to yeah, create sure. problems? For sure, for sure. Everybody's all out, It's and especially it's... It's any little mistake, you're out. So everybody's going for the last inch or the last play to make a living doing the sport. So if you can take one guy down, I guess some guys think it's worth it. How do you kill time during the offseason? I'm a big artist, actually, so I like to draw. I like tattooing. I I started tattooing a bit, so that's one of my passions. I I eventually like to get into tattooing. Cool, cool. Um, Your biggest influence on your sporting career? Uh, I'd say one of my coaches, uh, Andre Turing, he is assistant coach for Team Canada, coached me my last year, my 20-year-old year in uh, Major Junior. Was really, really hard on the players, really demanding physically and discipline, but at the same time, it was the year I had most fun. This is, this is brutal name-dropping here. Nash and Tutu and <laughs> Foot and Turigny. This This is outstanding. Your pre-match and post-match ritual. Uh, pre-match, pre-match, not, I don't really have anything. As, the only superstition is I always put on my left, whichever's left on my gear I put on first. Okay. And that's it. And after, don't really have a ritual. No. 
we we have this um, we have this term that you're going to get used to pretty pretty soon, and it's what we like to call whoever the biggest pest is in your sporting career. Someone who you, you you're mates with, but it's just just straight out annoying for one reason or other. Could be like a practical joker, says stupid stuff, or is just constantly just buzzing around. You just go, Let's, can, can you settle down, honestly? So I think PK Subban, but unfunny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I played. Three years against Brad Marchant. Oh, so no. There so there you go. Did you lay a hit on him? I laid a hit. I tried to fight him many times, but the weasel got out of it. That deserves a round of yeah. applause. Standing ovation. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, this guy, oh, what, what would you say What would you say to be like? He's obviously very big, but at the same time, the way he behaves on, on ice would be somewhat similar to, say, Mike Ennis when he played rugby league. Oh, and he's a big... He's a, Bigger pest than Michael Ennis because Ennis <laughs> that's would at saying least, something. Ennis would at least stand up and say, "Yeah, all right, you got me one. Well yeah. done." And now let's just get back on with it. But Marshand, he's he's just a whinger and a, probably Corey Hughes. If we're going back, or even a Brad Thorne, he yeah. can give it. But as soon as anybody decides to give it back, oh, sir. And, and he... Brad Marchand, every time he takes a breath, he should just be charged with theft. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Funniest moment involving a teammate? Well, well, we had this thing, uh, Major Junior, first year if you're a rookie, nobody knew about it. We'd get the the coach on the deal when we'd have a road trip on the bus. Yep. And after a win, we'd ask one of the rookies to go up to the coach, ask for if we could stop for a beer. And usually the kid was 16 or 17. Oh, this isn't going to end well. So the coach would flip out, like, well, who are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's no beer on this team. He'd get the bus driver to stop, flip him a quarter. You call your parents. We're dropping you off here. We'd get the bag, leave it on the highway. The bus would drive off a kilometer, <laughs> take the next exit, <laughs> zip around, and Pick the him kid up. would be there in tears. <laughs> oh, that's laughing brutal. Jeez. Because I'll tell you what the record oh. used to be. I'll tell you what the record used to be is the last time we did drop and give me twenty. I think we had Jared Piviano on the phone, mm. and he's talking about how there's a, now a clip of now on going around on Club Raw of one of his teammates, a guy named Tom Pinson, mm. taking a catch at Glenn McGrath Oval, and as he takes the catch, he's tripped over backwards over the fence and has rolled down the hill with the ball still in his hand. Uh, and Glenn McGrath Oval, as you know, there is a bit of a hill that just goes down. I think it drops about ten meters, and he just rolled the whole way down afterwards. So um, that that I think we've got a new record there on that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm paying that. That is, I'm paying. That is, That's brilliant. That is brutal. That's savage. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty savage. Um, now it's a different term with ice hockey, so we're going to use it. Uh, which team has the best and worst chirp? Oh God, how explicit can he? <laughs> as explicit Fire as our way. Fire away, but don't repeat what he said. Yeah. Uh, the best and the worst chirp. Mm. Uh, worst chirp. Uh, well, worst chirp is a basic like uh, just mocking your skill. Like yeah, you can't play. Like a better player yeah, mocking weak. your skill. Yeah, very weak. And I'd say Low the, energy. Yeah. <laughs> when Nathan Walker made his NHL debut, someone tweeted, "What's his what? What are the chirps going to be against him? Oh, my! Or from him against players? My pet kangaroo plays hockey better than you. Oh, the, he, he's going to come up with so much yeah. better than that as an Australian. He's oh. going to be using words they've never heard of. Oh yeah. Hey, could you imagine if Nick Cup? Could you imagine if the Honey Badger went and started playing ice hockey? Oh yes. Yeah. Look up Nick Cummins on YouTube. You are get, you are just really? you're going to need All a right. new pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> Best chirp. 
Best trip, I don't know if you can... Uh, anything to do... Uh, it's savage, but anything to do with her mother. Uh, yeah. He is, uh, they, you, they get them going right you away. You know how brutal this is? We have Nicole Vasquez's mother, mother and Terry in the background, and she's just giving the biggest nods you've ever heard. So obviously she wants into some of that. Um, if she's not getting insulted, it's not real hockey. The best and worst teammate on the what we call the circuit. So you've, you've had a big game, maybe you've had a good win or something like that. You decide, you know what? Boys, let's go out for a night on the town. Here in Australia, you call it the circuit. Okay. Who's the who was the best or the worst going out, well, probably, and why? Probably the both on the same team last year in France. Uh, I got a buddy, Mark Corbett, pretty good looking guy. He could usually pick up anybody, so he would have multiple girlfriends. Let's say. Yep. And uh, let's say at one party house, he had his girlfriend sitting at the table while he was away with the. Uh, uh, the f- the physio physio trainer. Oh, 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 oh yeah. Yeah. So that was. Uh, oh he was, he was, wow. He, he was usually on the ball with. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I told you we were going to get some. That's that's good. Here. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hopefully, no one in France is listening to this at the moment. Oh, no, we're, uh, we're he, seeing in this globe. Yeah. <laughs> you want you want the best headman ever. This is it. He had to leave the country. He had to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what he'd be worried about usually over in France anyway, so yeah, it's not true. like they're going to be able to do much. Oh, <laughs> Maybe put a vest on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, All the bars in Sydney have just stood up and they're just calling the cops and say, we need a photo of this bloke and don't let him in. <laughs> <laughs> Who was your biggest rival? No, it could be someone friendly you're, you've been a rival with or someone you've just genuinely got bad blood with. Uh, Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> uh, any, any, any Montreal Canadian fan for sure. Hey! Any Montreal Canadian fan. If, if Peter, if Peter and Charles Vescio are listening in, please send your threats care of. <laughs> see, we're, we're, they still see us as too small to be worried about, even though we have the real <laughs> inferiority complex. Well, actually, you know what they call the uh, Ottawa fans? They call it um, funeral because it's so quiet in that building. <sighs> That is. That, that's not bad. That's, that's, that's like, not bad. That's like the day when my my Southampton team went over to Manchester United and started pantsing them, and then the chant the fans started chanting out, "Is this a library at Old Trafford?" <laughs> yeah, it's all right too. That's, um, which team did you always hate, and why? I think you just answered. I think you just answered that, answer that one. Yeah, Montreal yeah. Canadiens. Um, now, which sports personality would you nominate to come in next to drop and give us twenty? Could be someone. Could be someone who's in the squad, or maybe, maybe we could have a recommendation from the squad itself. Maybe we. Maybe Ro- we. Can Ronnie, you got a, you got an week. idea? Idea maybe in Ron mind? Can answer this one. I, I, I got a whole team load of my. <laughs> they're all. They're all. Who, who's going to give answers this good? Yeah. Who's, who's going to give answers on this quality? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you see, we can't, I, with the greatest respect, I know. I know Nicole's here, but I, I don't. I don't know if we get much out of Jeremy because he's he's that yeah, much exactly, of a. Because, because Nicole's around. Well, a Nicole's around, and B Jeremy's that much of a pretty boy at the moment. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be that. Oh, <laughs> shut up. Oh, this is, oh, wow. Oh. You see, I, I'm surprised he doesn't go out on the... I reckon he looks like that much... Oh, here we go. Oh, I, oh, no, that's it. Now I'm going to go for it. He looks like that much of a rock star sometimes. I'm surprised he doesn't, doesn't go out on the ice with a guitar at the moment. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is the most brutal thing ever. <laughs> we can do this every week. Oh, why not? Why not? Oh, boy. I'm glad Tony's not here at the moment. He's probably listening in on the car on the way up here. How are you doing, Tony? 
<laughs> He's saying, move on, move on. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose we'll have to. That's the 20 questions. We're, oh, we're done. We're, we're, we're <laughs> I'm out of breath after that. <laughs> this, this is outstanding. We could be going on for hours and hours. But um, Justin and Ron, it's been great having you back in the studio. And Ron, I'm sure that you're probably going to have to tell the boys to keep their heads together after hearing that wonderful segment and all <laughs> yeah. those great answers and that they got a hockey game tomorrow. And Justin, next time we get you in the studio, bring us some tips about that uh, circuit. Moves. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll fare well. Yeah, Keith needs all the tips he can get at the moment. So. Oh, oh, thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Viano and Ron Kaprowski from the Sydney Bears. It's been a pleasure having you in the studio. Thank you. And, uh, Sydney Bears, great station sponsors. You heard their ad for the opening weekend. Tomorrow, 4.45 p.m. puck drop at the Macquarie Ice Rink. It's technically an away game against the Sydney Ice Dogs, so the boys are still wearing white as away games this season. And then Sunday, 5 p.m., what a way to start the home campaign, the grand final rematch against the CBR Brave. And if you want to book your tickets online, there's a special promo code you can get to get a to get a special bench price. Yep, just uh, enter in the bench in your code and you'll be able to get 10% off your uh, tickets. It can only be done online, but uh, do check out the Bears on the AIHL website and you'll be able to get your tickets there. That is the bench promo code. Get 10% off your tickets, but it's online bookings only, and that's part of the great sponsorship deal we have with our proud partners, the Sydney Bears. Oh, I've got to say as well, one of the things I, I think looks absolutely um, brilliant, if you get a chance to go on there, go check out the merchandise as well, because the Sydney Bears this year have updated the uh, the logo. It looks brilliant. Absolutely. It looks absolutely brilliant. We even have breaking ice hockey news oh, at the moment. Here we go. From the Canterbury Ice Rink today, the Saints Peewees have been have won the Skirfield Cup at Canterbury today. Congratulations to them and to assistant coach Chloe Walker. Oh, wow. Is there this, anything this girl this can't do? So she comes on the bench, hasn't scored a goal in the AIWHL yet, comes on the bench, gets the first goal, gets selected for the Australian women's senior team, scores a first goal for the senior women's team, and now is coaching peewee teams to championships. I mean, th- this is this is what happens when you come on the bench. You could get an NHL start yet, Justin. Jesus. You could go back to the Columbus and get another gig. Let's go. It's still three rounds ago. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not throwing him into the playoffs. I love Oregon, the optimism. Oregon's going to pick up a hat-trick on debut at this rate. Oh, yeah. I, I'm on board with that. I, 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 th- what are the odds? <laughs> Over under, over under goals that he scores on debut at two and a, oh no you're a defensive defenceman aren't you? Oh yeah, okay, a goal and really assist. Point. <laughs> That's just Gordy Howe hat trick. Yeah, goal yeah. assist fight. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we want. <laughs> That's a good point. Let's leave that there, and let's leave that there because. Ron, Justin, well, Justin in particular, we know that it's been a long day for you. Thank you so much for taking the time no straight off the plane, getting the tour, and you'll be at the famous Import House? Yeah. Yeah, kale yeah. smoothies or just VBs everywhere? VBs? Tinnies or stubbies? That's the right answer. <laughs>